Ho, Tudor-minded people. It's Philadelphia Carry for Tudor Time Machine. The word I share with you this week is miscreant. This is a word that, I regret to say, a lady is sometimes brought to use. Perhaps in the Garden of Eden, before the fall of man, honesty ruled. Yet I do not dwell in an earthly paradise. I dwell in the pit of iniquity called the City of London. Miscreants hover at every turn, the goldsmith selling base metal for the price of purity, the dressmaker charging for more silk than she uses for one's new gown, the confectioner who mixes fine sugar with dust and begs payment for pure sweetmeats. My friends, one must be sharp to escape such miscreants. Miscreant? How now, Tudor Files? What think you? If you're new here, I'm Gage. I'm Jessica. And we're here with Philadelphia Carey for Tudor Word of the Week. Don't miss a word and listen to the Tudor Time Machine Story Project. Jessica reads a chapter of Time's Riddle, and then my dear friends discuss the history behind the mystery. How diverting! So subscribe on YouTube and give me a like. Thank you so much for listening. We've had so many downloads. Tudor Files are just an amazing and curious bunch. Every one of you has the wit of Rosalind and the heart of Cordelia. Can you give us the spelling of the word miscreant, Philadelphia? It is spelled M-I-S-C-R-E-A-N-T, miscreant. There are many uses of this word in Tudor theater. As Philadelphia says, the world is full of miscreants. Then as now... We chose to take our use from one of the most profound tragedies ever written, King Lear by Shakespeare. This play, wow, this play has it all. Incredible poetry, mad scenes, pathos, violence, duels, family tragedy, aging, politics, loyalty, and murder. (laughs) It has it all. The story of King Lear, which is spelled L-E-I-R instead of L-E-A-R, was first recounted by Geoffrey of Manmouth in his 12th century bestseller, History of the Kings of Britain. And it was a medieval bestseller that was more fiction than fact. King Lear is supposed to have lived in about 800 BCE, before the Common Era. So the aging Lear divides his kingdom among his two daughters, Regan and Goneril, who flatter him, while the honest Cordelia is left without a dowry. Nevertheless, Cordelia is wooed and taken off to France to be queen. So Lear's rebellious sons-in-law grab the power and his daughters turn on him. Lear flees to France, where Cordelia receives him lovingly, and she, her husband, and Lear return to England to fight and restore Lear to the throne. They win the battle, Lear is restored, and after he dies, Cordelia takes the throne. So it's all (laughs) positive-ish. Yes. As we said, no one has a heart like Cordelia. She loves him even though he did her wrong. The same story was retold in an anonymous play, probably written about 1594. This is another long one. Not that long, but long. The true chronicle history of King Lear and his three daughters, Goneril, Regan, and Cordella. They have little bit different names. I read somewhere that 
said that that play was, quote, a comedy, but that seems weird. You know, ha, 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 king divided his kingdom, was treated horribly, and then went to war against his own daughters. Ha, 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 ha. That's a good laugh. <laughs> Just another dysfunctional family comedy. Neither of us has read that particular version, so we can't say whether or not it is, in fact, funny. Probably it's only referred to as a comedy because it doesn't end with everyone dead, like Shakespeare's version. Master Shakespeare added the story of the Earl of Gloucester and his bastard son Edmund and the legitimate son Edgar, with the horror of the good Gloucester having his eyes gouged out. What a bloody scene that is! With this story of Edgar and Edmund, Master Shakespeare also added a number of wonderfully thrilling sword-fighting scenes. He also changed the story into a true tragedy. Cordelia is murdered, and Lear dies of a broken heart. In this scene in the first act, Lear has just disinherited Cordelia. The good Earl of Kent dares to tell Lear the truth, that he is making a terrible mistake. But Lear does not take it well. Philadelphia. Kent says, Now by Apollo King, thou swearest thy gods in vain. King Lear says, O vassal, miscreant. And he lays his hand on his sword. And then Albany Cornwall begs the king, Dear sir, forbear. And Kent says, Do kill thy physician, and the fee bestow upon thy foul disease. Revoke thy doom. Or whilst I can vent clamour from my throat, I'll tell thee thou dost evil. Lear rises up with his great cape and says, Hear me, recreant. I added that part. <laughs> then Lear banishes Kent, but Kent disguises himself and ends up attending on Lear when the king goes mad. So we've talked in other episodes about the popularity of mad scenes in the Elizabethan Jacobean theater. And Shakespeare also added the fool as a major character in his Lear. So I've read that there's kind of little known about the performance history of Lear during Shakespeare's time, apart from one recorded performance in 1606. But in the 17th century, the play was changed because audiences really just weren't up for how depressing it was. So there's a version by Nauham Tate from 1681, which gets rid of the fool, cuts down the mad scenes, and has a romance between Cordelia and Edgar. And it ends with Cordelia marrying Edgar and a recovered Lear being reinstated as king. This happy Lear was really the only version performed from 1681, basically for the next 100 years. And it was incredibly popular. And it's crazy that in 1823, the actor Edmund King staged the original Lear, but it was closed after three performances because it's so sad. Anyway, Edmund King ends up doing Tate's version instead. People like happy endings, I guess. They do. And it's, I mean, it is a tough, an emotionally tough play. Yeah. But in our time, we see that as its strength, as its uh, honesty. And maybe we're much more cynical now. I don't know. Well, I say that tragedy should be tragedy, and that Master Shakespeare was indeed a deep and knowing man to show his audiences what horrors such dark miscreants as Edmund, Goneril, and Regan are capable of. So give heed, Tudophiles. Bring some 16th century source to your vocabulary with miscreant. Listen in next time. Don't miss a word. Subscribe on YouTube and give me a like. Thank you.